Welcome to the Church of the Redeemers Weekly Podcast. We pray that you will enjoy this week's service, and we hope that you will follow us at www.cotrb.org, and may God continue to bless you. Everyone standing, everyone standing. Grab your neighbor by the hand. Everyone standing. Everyone standing, if you don't mind. Everyone standing. If you just keep playing that, I'd be really appreciated. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after. We've come to seek you, God. We've come to seek you today. For those of you that feel comfortable enough, please feel free to grab your neighbor by the hand just to remind yourself that you're not in this fight alone. For those of you that don't feel comfortable enough to grab your neighbor by the hand because hashtag COVID, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. But you're still not alone. If you're at home with your family, that's okay. Just wherever you are, put someone on your mind and remember that you're not fighting this fight alone. And if you feel like you're alone, just realize that there is one thing that we are all seeking after God. We are seeking after him with all of our hearts. So praise God for your neighbor. Praise God for your neighbor. Praise God for that person that's on your mind. Praise God for what God is doing in their lives, for how he's keeping them and protecting them and watching over them and guiding them and doing what only God can do in their lives. Praise God for how he's provided for them this week, for how he's kept them from nervous breakdowns, from mental health issues. Praise God for how he's given them all the money that they need, all the wealth that they need, all the resources. Praise God for your neighbor. Praise God for his presence in their life, for his presence over their life, for keeping them and protecting them. Praise God for them. And now, God, I want to thank you for all of those that are here today. I thank you that you are the God of all flesh and there is nothing too difficult for you. I thank you for keeping us and providing for us and watching over us. I thank you, God, that we're not in this fight alone. And I ask, Lord, that you would allow for your presence to be here, your grace to be here, your anointing to be here, your love to be here, flowing from heart to heart, from breast to breast. In Jesus' name, we'll thank you and we'll praise you. God, I ask that you would allow for every child going back to school this year to be covered by your anointing. I ask, Lord, that you would cover every teacher that's going back into a building this year. Cover them with your anointing. Watch over them and keep them. God, I pray that you would allow for every student that's covered under the banner of Christian love to be protected by this from this disease and we'll thank you and we'll praise you i pray for safety for practice to be followed i pray for policy to be implemented and i pray that you would allow for your people to be safe in jesus name and we'll thank you for it and we'll praise you for it and all of god's people said amen amen and amen clap your hands and give god praise clap your hands and give god praise clap your hands And give God praise. You may have your seats. You may have your seats. You may have your seats. God bless you, brother. I appreciate you. Appreciate your worship. I appreciate your heart for the king. There's a lot of people that got talent, but not a lot of people have a heart to go after God. I appreciate your heart to go after God. Come on, clap your hands, (laughs) y'all. Amen. We're going to remain in our study. We've got two more weeks of our study of Genesis, and then we'll transition to another um, series. Um, But we're going to remain in our study of Genesis. In Genesis chapter 2, we're going to stay on the seventh day. 
the seventh day of creation. Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3 read as as follows. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the hosts of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it, God rested from his work that he had done in creation. We talked about this from a perspective of Selah last week, God allowing us to rest forever, God allowing rest to occur forever. But this week, I feel God calling us to talk a little bit about self-care. Self-care. Draw me near, nearer, blessed Lord, to the cross where Thou hast died. You don't need a big crowd to sing to the Lord. You don't need an organ to back you. You just need to get into his presence. Draw me near. Draw me nearer. Nearer, blessed Lord. To thy precious On July 27, 2001, it was one of those days where the world had gathered to watch these things called the Olympic Games. And we've been able to experience a lot of extreme athletes performing on world stages that we ourselves couldn't perform on. I mean... I'm the specimen of physical health. I might be able to get out there. I don't know about you, but I might, I might be able to get out there tomorrow. But um, some of y'all might not be able to communicate on such stages. And on July 27th, there was a young lady by the name of Simone Biles, who was arguably the greatest gymnast of all times. She decided, competing in the, in the vault, to step back from competition, citing on her own concerns for mental and physical health. There have been a lot of comments. There's been a lot of backlash. There's been a lot of stuff that people have said that have been very, very ugly about this young lady because she decided to prioritize her own mental and physical health above the desires of her country. The desires. (laughs) of her country. We've seen comments about Biles failing her country and quitting on us, or she can't, even, she can't be the greatest athlete if she can't handle pressure. And statements like that are often um, different from what we've seen in yesteryear from 
athletes that have competed on the same stage. But the subtext here is a little bit different than what I think we should be communicating as Christians. The subtext here is that our gold medal is more important than your well-being. There are some in our world that believe that we should do whatever it takes for them to honor their desires to be great. They put their greatness on our backs and they make us carry the weight of what they can't do themselves. But I don't think that that's what we're called to do by, as Christians. And I don't think what we're called, that's what we're called to do as athletes. Our athletes shouldn't ever have to destroy themselves to meet our standards. If giving empathetic, authentic support to our Olympians means that we'll earn less gold medals, then I think we should be happy to make this trade. Sometimes, saints, I believe that Christians in our churches feel as though they should be acting as citizens of our country watching the Olympic Games. When I look at the church, I look at the church and I see that mental breakdowns are on the rise. (laughs) Mental health is a huge issue in the church today. Suicide is at an all-time high across Christendom. And divorce rates in the church are higher than the divorce rates outside of the church. And I think that much of this is because of the pressure that we put on the people of God to perform. But if I have an assignment, I think that that assignment is to remind ourselves that our relationship with God was not designed to be an extreme sport. Our relationship with God is designed to be the part of a natural rhythm of our lives. There are a lot of scriptures and scriptural examples. I'm sorry, there are not a lot of scriptural examples about people caring for themselves. And that found it, I, I found that sort of surprising because we talk about this day of rest. We talk about what it means for God to pull away on the seventh day. And we talk about the required rest. It's been an example. It's even a commandment. And we'll talk about the commandment next week. It's even one of the Ten Commandments in Scripture to say, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. We do everything in our lives to separate ourselves from other people, but we don't get rest. We separate ourselves from others, but we don't get rest. We go home, we don't work, but we don't get rest. And the goal, as we see God allowing mental health to destroy our society, it is a call for the prophetic voices in our church to call the church back to rest. We don't see a lot of examples of people resting in Scripture. But the ones that I read about were sort of surprising to me. We see people pulling away either before or after times of great distress, great service, or great hardship. In Mark chapter 6, 
God, Jesus calls his disciples away from the crowd because they had served for so long that they had forsaken their own bodies and they had not eaten. So he looks upon his followers and he says, come here, y'all. I'm going to make you some food because you're, you're famished. You're malnourished. I need you to pull away so that you can care for your bodies. Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 1. Jesus goes away in the morning before anyone else wakes up to refresh himself before his earthly ministry began. He knew how taxing the desires of the people. I didn't say the needs. I said the desires. He knew how taxing the desires of the people would be on his physical and emotional health. So he went away alone to steal steal away so that he could get from God what he needed for God's people. But right after he got filled up, people started draining him. I don't know about you, but I know that every time I come into the presence of the king, every time I walk out of those doors, somebody going to ask me for something. Somebody going to require something of me that I only received because I was in the presence of the king. But if I didn't steal away, I wouldn't have what you thought you needed. Jesus stole away. He stole away. He stole away before he went to serve. And then in Matthew 15, he called the disciples away and he said, have compassion on them because they've been following me to the point of exhaustion. This is when he sits 5,000 people down and feeds them with fishes and loaves. He sits them down because they've been following so hard after God that they have put themselves in a place of being hospitalized. I'm sorry. That would be modern day vernacular. Hmm. How, mm, my Lord, <laughs> that would be modern day vernacular. They served God, quotey fingers God, so hard that they put themselves in the hospital. God does not require that of you. God does not require that of you. The goal of the, of the relationship that you have with God is natural rhythm. <laughs> the goal that God, uh, God's relationship with you is, is to make sure that you walk worthy, not exhaust yourself into an early grave. Come on, church. Come on, church. It's clear that some of these examples were, were where Christ calls people away are serving for a purpose of refreshing themselves either before or after service. But I need to reiterate this very clear and simple point. Our relationship with God was not designed to be an extreme sport, saints. Our relationship with God was designed to be a part of natural rhythm in life. I don't see anybody else in Scripture underscoring this point better than Elijah. Y'all know Elijah, don't you? He's the prophet of God. Found in 1 Kings chapter 17 all the way through 2 Kings chapter 2. He ranged through three kings. And he's really, really famous for this time where he challenged the prophets of Baal. About 400 men, 450 men to a challenge of sacrifices. Who God, whose God is stronger? Elijah was a bold man. He was one of them strong bulls. He was the big bull on the corner. You know what I mean? Like he was, he was the one, the one that everybody was like hiding behind. And if you went by... Elijah was the one that was like, yeah, what? What you need? That was Elijah. He was not afraid of anyone or anything in God. 
Did you hear what I said? He was not afraid of anyone or anything in God. But it came, there came a time where after Elijah had a really strong fight, a really huge demonstration against these 450 men, these 450 prophets that were not serving the risen Savior, the God of all flesh, the Israel's God. What happened was after an extreme demonstration of God's faithfulness and power, there came in Elijah's life an extreme test of his well-being. After an extreme demonstration of God's faithfulness and power, there came an extreme test of Elijah's well-being. And in that moment, Elijah had to realize, God, with you, I'm everything. I can truly do all things through you when you strengthen me. But when I get outside of you, I'm nothing. And in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 1 and 2, it says, Ahab, the king at the time, told Jezebel, his wife, all that Elijah had done. And now he had, how he had killed the prophets with the sword. And Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah and said, So may the gods do to me and more also. If I don't take your life as the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. And what does Elijah do? This big, strong man who just killed 450 prophets, he runs. (laughs) He runs. From a challenge of the queen, he runs. And some people communicate about Elijah from a negative perspective. How could this guy who had just killed 450 prophets be a guy running from a queen? How is he running from a threat after he had shown God had shown him all the power that God had through him. Now he's deciding to run and hide. But I feel like God's sharing some things with us through this man's example. I'm going to share three things and we're going to be on our way. The first thing I think God is sharing with us is found in 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 3 and 4. 1 Kings 19, verses 3 and the first part of verse 4. And that is identify proper distancing. Write it down, proper distancing. You got to identify proper distancing. In 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 3 and 4, it says, Then he was afraid. Somebody say afraid. And he rose and ran for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servants there. But he himself went another day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. Can I offer that God is saying in that moment, Saints, we are. And should go however far we need to go to get away from whatever we need to get away from. If you look at Elijah's example, he went to the plate to Beersheba with his servants. And that was a way enough for them. He went to Beersheba, ran away from the queen, and that was a way enough for them. But then he had to go another day's journey so that he could get away even from them and get the rest that he needed for him. My God, he had to go away further. Sometimes we go on vacation with our families, but we need to go just a little bit further So we can get the rest that we need. Sometimes we take friends with us on a trip, but we need to go a little bit further to get the rest that we need 
for God to rejuvenate, that might be good enough for them, but it may not be good enough for you. You have got to find the proper distance between you and others so that you can care for your soul healthily. Some people are good with a hotel stay around the corner, but others need to go to the Swiss Alps. Some people are fine and need to dine in the finest of restaurants, but some of us just need somebody else to cook us a meal. Some of us plan our getaways with an excursion and every minute is scheduled, but other of us just need a place to rest our minds and to put our feet up and to worry no more about the cares of every day. Whatever your distance, know it and go it. Whatever your distance, saints, you have to know it and you have to go it. God will honor your getaway. Lift your hands if you could and just say, God, thank you for honoring my getaway. You have got to get away to steal time away to rest your mind, to rest your heart. And that doesn't mean you don't come back to work. That means you go away to refresh and you come back to serve. God will honor your getaway. The next thing is you need, you need proper distance and you also need proper perspective. It was funny to me to read. It was interesting, I should say. It wasn't funny. It was actually heartbreaking for me to read the words of Elijah when he said, it says in chapter, um, 1 Kings 19, chapter 19, verse 4, but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. Listen to this part. And he asked that he might die. I don't know about you. I'm not done reading. I'm going to get back to it. But there's a spirit of suicide going through this land. There's a spirit of suicide going through the land. There's a spirit of I can't take it running through our land. And we feel like we don't have what it takes to bear up under the weight that God has put on our shoulders. But I bind that spirit in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We take authority over that spirit. I wish I had a praying church right here. I wish I had a praying church. We take authority over that spirit in the name of Jesus. We bind everything that would come to hinder the plan of God over God's people's lives. And we ask, Lord, that you would give us the strength that we need so that when the time comes that we say and we wish that we might die, that you would give us another day. Give us more strength. Give us more of your anointing. Just tell us it'll be all right. One more time, we'll thank you and we'll praise you. We'll thank you and we'll praise you. He asked that he might die saying, it is enough now, Lord. Take away my life. This is the part that got me. For I am no better than my father's. (laughs) He said, I am no better than my father's. Now, I think we missed that when we read it before. Because we often communicate about this self-loathing of Elijah. But I feel like that self-loathing came from a place of comparison. I wish y'all were here with me. My God, I wish y'all were here. I think that that self-loathing didn't come from the challenge of the queen. 
I think that that self-loathing came from the statement of realization that we skip so often. Elijah said, so because I am no better than my fathers. Who told you you weren't better than your father? Jesus, work here. Who told you you were no better than your father? Why are you comparing your ministry to your father's ministry? Why are you looking at what somebody else did and saying I'm better or I'm worse? There, like the spirit of suicide, there is also a spirit of comparison that is running rampant in the Lord's church. And we bind it in the name of of Jesus. God is not calling you to be better than your neighbor. He's calling you to be better than you were yesterday. Say amen. Somebody. God is not asking you to do better than three or four generations behind. He's asking you to be better, a better you today than you were yesterday. That's all he requires of you. It's to make a step in the right direction. Stop calling that person more. Stop eating that nasty fried food. Stop doing what you were doing before and go after God. I can't compare myself to Simone Biles, but I can compare myself to David Smith yesterday. I can't compare myself to people that have been here that are on that wall the past pastors of this church, but I can compare myself to David Smith yesterday. I can't compare myself to this man singing or this man playing the drums or this man when he preaches, but I can compare myself to me yesterday. All God requires of us is to be a better me. Somebody say, Lord, I want to be a better me. Jesus. Jesus, help me be a better me. Help me stop comparing and competing. And Lord, holy God of Israel, help me be a better me. I don't want to be better than others. I don't want to do better than others. I'm not looking at their success or their failure. I'm not seeing them or myself through their eyes. I am looking at me and I want you to complete the work that you started in me. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, rest allows us to understand how far we have to go, but it also allows us to pull away and truly access what, who we really are against who we think we are or who we want to be. God's calling you to be a real you, the only you that he created. So he calls us to understand distance, proper distance. He calls us to get proper perspective, and lastly, he calls us to get proper physical care. Proper physical care. I want to ask, but I don't want to ask. How many of y'all got insurance? Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. How many of y'all have spent some time without insurance? Don't raise your hand. Don't. This is rhetorical. That's a rhetorical question. It's a question I don't want an answer to. I just want you to reflect. Amen. Amen. How many of y'all have used your insurance for the benefits that it provides to the max? Raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. How many of you have cared for yourself in a way where you know that when your head starts swimming, you know that your blood pressure is a little too high? I, should, I, should I go sit down now? How many, how many of you realize that when your ankle starts swelling, you need to drink a little more water? 
How many of you understand that when you eat bacon over and then when you eat oatmeal, how your body responds to that? God doesn't just call us in this moment of self-care to a place where we distance ourselves from others, where we stop comparing ourselves to others. God calls us in this time of self-care to proper physical care. He calls us to listen to our bodies, saints. God is calling us to eat good food, to drink more water, to exercise regularly, and to go to the doctor. Do you know that these things that I mentioned earlier, suicide and mental illness and more times than not divorce, they're often staved away. They are moved aside as concerns when you eat good food, when you drink more water, when you exercise regularly, when you go to the doctor. Because your mind is clear. Saints, I'm helping somebody. (laughs) Your mind is clear. You don't have all that grease floating around in your body, clouding your emotions and keeping your blood from flowing to where it needs to go so that it can heal what ails you before you even know you're sick. The Bible says, and behold, my God, and behold, an angel touched Elijah and said to him, arise and eat. And he took and he looked and behold, there was at his head a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. There wasn't no Kool-Aid. There wasn't no red Kool-Aid. There wasn't no sweet tea. There was no Arizona. I didn't see no ribs on that plate. There was no fried fish. He cooked, the angel cooked a cake or a, a cake, a meal, ground meal with water. And he cooked it on a hot stone from the earth. He just picked grain up from the earth. I'm, I'm just, I, if I'm doing too much, I'm going to do too much. Picked up some grain from the earth. It wasn't this processed wonder bread. It was grain from the earth. He smashed it with a rock. Mixed it up with some water. He put it on a hot cake. And then he gave him some water to drink. And Elijah did what? And he ate it. <laughs> And he drank it. And he went to sleep. Elijah ate. He drank some water. And he went to sleep. And when he woke up, he had the ability, after eating good food, drinking a good drink, some water, going to sleep. He had the ability to go for 40 days without anything else. He ate one cake, drank one glass of water, got a good nap, and he was able to go for 40 days without anything else. When was the last time you got a good night's sleep? I'm not going to holler today because I feel like God is calling us to reflect in the service. We have not prioritized self-care to the point where we are living our best lives. 
You have insurance, but you're not taking advantage of it. You have people that love you, but you're not calling them when you have needs. You have water every day, but you want the bottled kind, and you can't afford the bottles that you want. So you're not drinking water, but you're getting whatever else you want to drink. You're doing all the things. Some of you prefer beer or coffee over the water that God gave you. And hear me when I say, y'all are putting poison in your bodies instead of putting healthy, healthy nutritional things in your bodies. And you're allowing yourselves to die instead of to live. God is calling us to care for ourselves. And in that call where he's calling us to care for ourselves, he's not going to give us too much because you've had too much of the wrong thing all your life. You're so used to too much that if he gives you too much of the right thing, you'll abuse that too. We've been so used to abundance. We've preached ourselves into prosperity, but that prosperity has made us unhealthy. And we've gotten more and we've gotten more and we've gotten more, but somebody say just enough is all I need. God is giving us, he's bringing us to a place of just enough. Not too much, not too little, but just enough. God's going to give us just enough time so that we can do what he's called us to do. He's going to give us just enough money to pay for what we need to pay for. He's going to give us just enough food to eat what we need for the day that we have. He's going to give us just enough faith to walk with him hand in hand, defeating the devil at every turn. He's going to give us just enough communication so that when we talk with other people, we will communicate with them and not damage relationships. I wish y'all were here. He's going to give us just enough time to do the work of ministry. And because you have, because I have just enough saints, I will have everything that I need. God's calling us to understand proper distance, proper perspective, and proper physical care. Some of y'all don't have proper relationship right yet. The doors of the church are open. Some of y'all don't have proper relationship down right yet. And you're looking for God to give you all the proper things that you think you might need so that other people can look at you and say, mm, they're living their best life. But on the inside, like Elijah, you're wishing you were dead. I came after the devil today. I really am. On the inside, you wish you were dead. It may, it, on the inside, you wish you were dead. On the inside, you wish you were dead. On the inside, you're comparing yourselves. You've compared yourselves for so long to other people that it's hard for you to take your next breath. You know you're sick, and you're sick because you've decided to abuse the resources God has given you. Because somebody told you it was okay. I'm not blaming you. I'm not mad. Nobody's mad. God's not mad. We've been preached into this prosperity. But culture teaches us to abuse it. And you haven't just abused your body. You haven't just abused your mind. We haven't just abused our time. We've abused our relationship with God. But today's God's offering, today God is offering all of us a second chance, another chance. 
because you've pushed past number two, number three, number 20, number 30. He's offering us another chance, another time to get it right. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, I offer you, Jesus, the balancer of our lives, the keeper of good things, the restorer of our souls, the one who knows when to tell you yes and when to tell you no. I offer you, Jesus. Some of you have never accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Or you did, but you walked away. If you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, now is your time and today is your day. Just walk down the aisle. Right now, it's cool. No worries. Um, There's no pressure. No pressure. Walk down the aisle. Just meet me right here. If you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, just come by. Or if you're on the screen, just type in, it's me. Or a thumbs up or whatever you need to put in there to identify. I need to know what it's like to balance my life with self-care. Some of you, you know that you have accepted Christ, but you know you ain't living nothing about his life. (laughs) You've walked away so far, so far, that you're not doing anything that he commands or requires of you. Come back home. That's all we're asking you to do is come back home. Come down now, right now, right here, right now. Some of you, or if you're on the screen and you need to come back home, you need to restore your relationship with God. Put a thumbs up or just tap, it's me. Type in, it's me. It's okay. There's no pressure. There's no ill will. We just want you to be the best you you can possibly be. Some of you need a church home. And Church of the Redeemer Baptist is a great place to call home. So if you need a church home, Come now or type it in the screen. You can be a part of our virtual campus. You can be a part of our physical campus. But whatever you need to do to connect with a church that cares for your well-being, respond now. As the minister of music sings with us, now is your time and today is your day. Oh, Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him there's no other Jesus is the way Oh, Jesus is the answer For the world today Above him there's no other Jesus is the way Oh yeah Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him there's no other. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him there Praise God, for surely Jesus is the answer. Thank God. Jesus is the answer to every question that the world can have. He is our answer today. We thank God for that awesome message about self-care. Amen, amen. That, that, that word of reflection, basically asking how are you living with what, what God has blessed us with. So I will be doing my exercise tomorrow. Somebody say amen. 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 I might step away from the fried chicken today. 
Amen. 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 Pastor, we love you and we thank you for that word. Amen. Amen. My wife laughing, but I'm telling you the truth. Yeah. Yeah. I heard you, Lord, loud and clear. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. As we prepare to be dismissed, let us look to heaven. Father, we thank you, God. Lord, you had a word for us today. For we came with the question, is there a word from the Lord? And surely, God, you gave us a word for self-care. God, that, that word self-care means different things to different people. But God, if we're a little later in life, if we start with self-care, we may have another 40 years of ministry in us. Somebody ought to say amen. Again, thank you for the self-care. Thank you for the illustration of people like Caleb in the Bible, who was 80 years old and was able to say, I'm just as strong today. That's self-care, God. So we will take your word, God, to heart. God, we will live your word out. And God, we thank you for using Pastor Smith in a mighty way. Father, we pray for all that are here and all that are needing of a word of prayer. Lord, as we leave this place, but never your presence, now unto him that is able to keep us, keep us from falling, the one who is able to make us to stand without blemish in the presence of your glory with rejoicing, the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. Father, as we leave this place, we say holy, 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 and thank you, Lord. Until we meet again, God, be with us, lead us, guide us, and keep us. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says amen.